It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We're getting ready for Pirate Baseball tonight against UNCW. Welcome into the booth at Clark LeClaire Stadium. P-Man here with you on this uh, gray Tuesday. We've got rain in the forecast much later, so it looks like we're going to get in. The Seahawks are out warming up right now. Pirates are out in the outfield throwing the ball around, pigskin around for that matter. And uh, we've got baseball coming your way at 6 o'clock, 5.45 the airtime with uh, Coach O and Scotty Rogers, Scooter, who we'll hear from here in just a second. Uh, Chris Cook back in the studio. Cookie? Woo! How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm out at the ballpark. Uh, you can't can't beat life on out at the ballpark. They got you out of the house. They got <laughs> <laughs> always good to be here. Uh, we've got our radiothon coming up later in the week, and uh, we got a great guest today. Uh, Commissioner Mike Oresco uh, is going to be with us, so we will uh, have that interview for you coming up in a few minutes. Lots to talk about with the Commissioner of the American Athletic uh, Conference as it will be, uh, look, a, a big deal to have a team that is coming to your conference in the Final Four. It would be better if Houston had made the Final Four for the American for a lot of reasons. But with Houston headed now to the Big 12, this is probably the next best thing. And then you've got uh, two more teams in the NIT semifinals with UAB and with... Uh, North Texas. The uh, Pirate Pro Day was today. Cookie, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm ready. Let's uh, hear from Holton Ehlers, who had uh, his his Pro Day today, and he talked about what the scouts are telling him. Um, You know, five through seven, a priority free agent. You know, hopefully, you know, today, um, you know, bump that up. And, um, you know, I just just want to land in a good spot, you know, wherever I am, and, uh, make the most of every opportunity that I've, every opportunity to get a step onto the field. I want to make the most of it and show what I can do, and I feel like I've done that to this point. All right, Cookie, I'm throwing you another curve. Uh, cut okay. five here. This was Holton on how he thought the pro day went. I thought it was really well. You know, I, I felt like I threw the ball really good, and um, you know, obviously I felt like I ran good. But you know, the big thing for me is just throwing. Uh, you know, talking to teams, and uh, I felt like I could show that I could do some things that you know maybe I didn't show during the season or didn't get the chance to show. So feel good about it. All right, so Holt Naylor's trying to uh, latch on uh, with an NFL team, and uh, the Pro Day uh, and the Pirates are actually out practicing right now. Isaiah Winstead had a, a good Pro Day by all accounts. Uh, he told some of our guys that were there covering the event that uh, he expected to hear from uh, some scouts based on the interaction that he has uh, had with them. Keaton Mitchell, of course, was there. Keaton was at the Combine and ran a blazing fast 40. didn't run today. Uh, C.J. Johnson, the uh, Conley kid, had... Maybe not the greatest 40 time, but obviously I think CJ's physicality at receiver is what's appealing to him. And then Noah Henderson was part of the pro day. We'll hear from all of those folks tomorrow, plus some post game or post practice from uh, Coach Houston later on uh, tomorrow on the uh, program. Uh, we've got ECU tonight, UNCW, voice of the baseball pirates, the one and only 
Scotty Rogers has allowed me to commandeer his booth here for a little bit. Good to see you, Scoot. Good to see you, Patrick. I tell you what, uh, this has the feel of, uh, you know, a little rivalry, uh, obviously. There is one. But uh, you walk to the ballpark, and, and there's always a great environment here, but there are times where you feel like there is kind of a bigger, more amped-up environment. I get the feeling tonight, because I think Pirate fans realize how big this game is. It is. It's a very big game, and obviously you throw in the robbery aspect of it as well. But, you know, with East Carolina losing this game just a couple of weeks ago down in Wilmington, you certainly don't want to lose again just from an RPI standpoint with this being a home game. But you just want to also even up that series, especially with it being a rival. But a win today over a quality UNCW club that's been playing some really good baseball since the Pirates last saw them down in Wilmington would, would really help the Pirates in terms of RBI today. Yeah, they got uh, wins in six of their last eight to the uh, Seahawks, so uh, we will see. Well, look, looking forward to you and Coach O on the call tonight. Coach O, what a wealth of information it is. So, Absolutely. Yeah, he does a great job, and you do too, buddy. So uh, thank you for letting us uh, use this for a few minutes today to kick off the show here. Uh, all right, so speaking of the Pirates, we got uh, some thoughts of Cliff Godwin. He talked about the uh, starting pitching and how good it has been this season. Um, that's been uh, something, like I just told the pitchers, that, you know, stay patient because in the past we've had to use the bullpen a lot, especially last year. But we've got a lot of quality arms down there, um, especially with Willie being healthy and uh, Lane again coming back yesterday. So um, the starters have just done a really good job. But, you know, how the midweek is. So um, I'm not sure who will start Tuesday, but you got UNCW coming in here. So there'll be a lot of opportunities for some of those relievers to throw. They've decided to go with Jake Hunter, one and one on the year. It'll be his third start, uh, the 6'4, 230 pound sophomore. Uh, and, of course, the other piece of uh, information is Garrett Saylor will miss at least a couple more weeks with uh, an oblique injury suffered against the uh, Camels last week. So uh, that possibly changes uh, the perspective a little bit for the Pirates. But with the great starting pitching, the bullpen was not at all stressed this past uh, weekend. So you have virtually, I mean, I would say, I'm looking towards a legendary Gary Overton now, I'd say everybody's available pretty much, right? Yeah. Coach O confirms it. If Coach O says it, it's happening, baby, when it comes to baseball. Uh, I have another George for you. George Whitfield, by the way. There was, Yeah, I know. There was one. We did our Georges the other day. And Coach O and uh, Scooter had great uh, picks. Um, all right, one more from Coach Godwin. And this is an area where I think East Carolina has not gotten enough credit. And that is how good they have been defensively. Hit it. No, I mean, it's, it has. J.C. made a big throw to throw out a guy that I think it would have been one-to-one at that time. And then... Carter Cunningham made two diving plays out in right field late in the game to uh, save base runners, which allowed us to just keep leaving Groves out there. So the defense has been outstanding. And I'm not even talking about the play that J.C. made out in the field. I'm not talking about, well, Cox and what they did behind the play. I'm talking about just routine plays, well, well, plays that are not routine, that they are making look routine because this defense has been rock solid. And that was a question mark area. You know, we didn't know how the defense might would uh, would play, but it's been really, really solid this year. It's been great, really. And uh, certainly the last four home games, it's been spot on. So uh, Pirates are clicking on all cylinders right now. All right, we've got uh, a great guest coming up. Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, is going to join us. A wide-ranging conversation about basketball and football and new members with Mike Oresco. And we'll get to that on the other side 
We're at Clark LeClaire Stadium, and we're leading you into pregame coverage of Pirate Baseball as ECU, number eight in the land, takes on UNCW here on 94.3 The Game. Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Commissioner Mike Oresco from the American Athletic Conference is with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show today. Uh, Commissioner, always a true honor to have you on. We enjoy speaking with you. Thank you for making some time. Well, thanks, Patrick. Same here. Always enjoy talking to you, and uh, thanks for having me. Well, we're coming uh, essentially off basketball season. Of course, we have the Final Four. Uh, what a year for Houston. And being basically the number one team for the vast majority of the year, I know it's disappointing that the Cougars didn't make it uh, to the uh, to, to the Final Four in Houston, but I, I have to imagine that uh, was, was probably a positive, a net positive uh, the last couple of seasons for the league as far as visibility. Oh, there's no question. Uh, Houston did a great deal for us and, and for their own brand. And, you know, we all really uh, like and respect Calvin Sampson. I mean, I love Calvin. He's been tremendous support for the league. And uh, even when, you know, they knew they were leaving, he's been nothing but unflinching in his support for the league. Uh, so they've done a lot for us. It's been great for to see them have these runs. And people say to me, well, gee, don't you, don't you feel, uh, I don't know, I don't know what they say, but I, I say it's not bittersweet. I mean, it's bittersweet, but it's not, it's not, uh, depressing at all. You know, it's, I'm happy for them and I'm glad that they're winning because they're doing it in our conference. It's our legacy and they're all good people that we've dealt with for many years. You know, you just can't take this realignment stuff personally, Patrick. Yeah. It's what it is. You know, people are going to go where they think there might be greener pastures and more money and more prestige. And that's just the nature of college sports. It's the nature of this business. It's, it's unfortunate. You can, Rue it all you want, but that's the, the reality, and that's you have to, as the old saying goes, punch from where you stand. And, and in our league, you know, we we know who we are, we know what we've done, we know what we've accomplished, and we're kind of the victims of our own success in many yeah. respects. Uh, so that's just the, the way it is. Commissioner Mike Oresco is with us. I, I, I you know, I'm obviously going to heap you with praise uh, right now, but but I, here's what I'm going to say uh, on that point. I think uh, you, despite uh, being in this business for a long, long time, have been very, uh, very easy and quick to pivot and forward thinking in how the American is going to evolve. And I think look no further than the the institutions that the league is bringing in. The more I've spent the last year studying them and paying attention to what they do and how they do things, uh, I, I think these are this isn't some also ran situation. I mean, these are these are pretty pretty reputable uh, athletic, uh, you know endeavors that they're they're going into so credit to you for for the ability to be forward thinking with the media deal and and uh and how you go about realignment well thank you patrick very kind of you to say that but you know we uh sometimes you know napoleon used to always pick his generals based on how lucky they were <laughs> and you know sometimes <laughs> you know uh he always said i prefer lucky generals and and uh sometimes you know you just get lucky we didn't we, we knew FAU was going to be an interesting and, and, and productive football program. Uh, and then they hired Tom Herman. That's even better, right? Um, but we didn't know they were quite this good in basketball. But we did know this, Patrick. We knew they were committed. They got a great AD in Brian White, and we knew they were committed in, in all sports. And that that's really the key. Uh, we pick schools based on were they ready for the next step, and that's this is the next step for them, you know, in our conference. 
and uh, were they were they willing to invest? Were did they have good pedigree? You know, did they have the ability? And if they were a new program, did they have the kind of DNA that this conference has had? UTSA, perfect example of that, right? Uh, FAU, another example. Uh, obviously, it's great to see what FAU is doing in basketball, but I think it reflects the fact that they really do, as an institution, want to succeed and they want to be at a high level. It's great to see Charlotte win the CBI. Granted, that's not the NCAA tournament. No, it's, it's not not even the NIT, but it's a good good tournament, and uh, they're a good team, and they've got everybody back, and they've got a good coach, and Mike Hill's a great AD. You know, we, we also bet on the personnel. You know, uh, we, we had Ren Baker at North Texas. Ren's now at, at West Virginia, but we knew what he was doing there. Um, you know, we knew what Mark Ingram's done for a long time at UAB and, and Lisa Compost at UTSA. They've got presidents who care. That's what it comes down to. And, and we do we, we try to do our homework. You know, you're not always right, but we try to take the teams that we think are going to, uh, you know, are going to do well. Last thing I'd say is I, I am pleasantly surprised. I, mean, I think we I think the schools coming in are doing even better than we expected. We thought it might take a little while for them to, um, you know, to get to where, you know, we necessarily thought they'd, they'd want to be in our league. And, and that's not to denigrate them at all. I mean, they may be better than some teams in our league. But, you know, we knew that the competition would get tougher. And, and yet, look at what UTSA has already done in football. Look at uh, the FAU with the Tom Herman hire. Look at uh, what, you know, North Texas has done. The two teams that played in the championship, Conference USA championship were FAU, and excuse me, were um, North Texas and uh, UTSA in football. Now you have FAU, and I give all the credit to you know, the people at Conference USA, Judy McLeod. Is, you know, it's bittersweet for her just like it would have been for me with Houston. But you're happy when a team in your, your conference leaves a legacy uh, by, by doing well in your own conference. So, uh, you know, kudos to them. And uh, we'll see what happens as they come in. You know, we they'll push our incumbent schools. And our incumbent schools, you know, Patrick, have made a lot of changes. They've made a lot of coaching changes, right. which I think are going to be productive. Um, and I also think that our football is getting better um, um, in places where maybe it, it dipped a bit. You know, let's not forget Memphis was a great program for the whole decade we had them, and and they slipped a bit, but now they're going to come back in football. ECU East Carolina was probably our best team in 2014. Had some unfortunate losses, probably had more talent than anyone, and and now they're back with Mike Houston, and and you know now you have Temple coming back, really good coach. USF's made a change. You know, we're, we're going to be fine. And um, it's just a question now of, of making sure that the DNA of the conference doesn't change and we're as competitive as we can be. And down the road, who knows, you know, whether there's more realignment coming and nobody knows. And you're always going to be victimized by it to some degree because of where you stand in the pecking order, how much money you make, that kind of thing. So it's always yeah. an issue. Uh, we've got Commissioner Mike Oresco from the American Athletic Conference joining us uh, here this afternoon on the Patrick Johnson Show. I want to ask you about how does, because having seen a lot of the American teams the last two or three seasons up close, I know how really good the basketball uh, is. Two years ago I thought it was they deserve more bids than they got this year. Maybe it, it, it sort of evened out, but with Houston leaving and with Memphis right now an at-large team, how does this basketball league go from just Memphis and everybody else to, you know, maybe a more than two bid league, three, four bid league possibly? Yeah, my goal would be, Patrick, to be a four or five bid league, you know, uh, most years or, or to be competing for six bids. You know, we're going to have a 14 team conference, right? And that gives you a chance to have more teams, you know, be competitive. 
it's a, it's a good question. It's a fair question. On the other hand, I think it's all right there in front of us. First of all, FAU is going to come in with a veteran team. They're all coming back. We hope they all stay. You know, you never know nowadays with the portal and all. But they have no reason to leave. It's been a great program. We hope they can keep Dusty May. He's done an unbelievable job. But if that's the case, boy, you've got a, a rivalry in FAU and Memphis right away. You've got UAB. Andy Kennedy's done a fine job, and that's a good program. And, and they have a longtime rivalry with, with Memphis. You know, Wichita State's made a change, and they think that's going to really uh, energize their basketball. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Paul Mills has done an unbelievable job at Oral Roberts, so he should come right in and, and, and res, you know, restore the uh, Wichita program. And then you've got Tulsa hired a really good coach, and they have great pedigree. Same thing with SMU. We're not sure about SMU's status, you know, other than all that noise about the Pac-12 and all. We confront the elephants in the room. We don't get all worked up over it. You know, we just decide ultimately, uh, you know, uh, what our plans are in the future should something happen. But SMU is a valued member of our conference. They've been great. You know, in all sports over the years, great people there, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. But we've got some good good programs already. Now we're going to be deeper. We're going to lose Houston, and that's big. And Cincinnati, you know, it's been a terrific program. They've been down the last few years. They haven't made the impact that they <clears throat> made under Mick. But you know, they'll be back and they'll do well in Conference USA. But if you look at at our programs, you're now deeper. You're bringing in really good basketball in North Texas and UAB. In, uh, in FAU, uh, in Charlotte has, has shown r- real signs of, of, you know, improvement. And then you've got, uh, you know, Rice had a good year. They were in the middle of the conference. They weren't bad. And, uh, you know, you, you bring them in and you've got Memphis, you've got Wichita State, you've got Tulsa. I, I really think the future is brighter uh, than the recent past, without question. And, yes, a few years ago, we should have had Memphis in. We thought Memphis – excuse me, uh, SMU in mm-hmm. along with Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had four teams from time to time. When we had UConn, you know, they, they didn't do very well in our conference after they won the championship, but they did have one year when they made the tournament. We, we had four teams from time to time. One year we should have had five, but that was when we still had Louisville that one year in the conference. Uh, but we've had – I must say, we've been snake-bitten in basketball. Yeah, um, we thought Houston this year could make the Final Four, and we've had a lot of tough losses. I mean, that Memphis FAU and all kudos and hats off to FAU, but boy, that's one Memphis could have won, as you know. Yeah, that becomes an attractive television rematch. I have to imagine now. Oh God, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> oh yeah, it should be a great matchup. I think CBS would would want that. ESPN would want it. You know, it's uh, absolutely. Yeah, they're just good teams, and uh, they play great basketball. Memphis could have been this team. They could have been this team in the Final Four without question. You've alluded to how uh, you think these new members will do in football. We know sort of what the current and uh, ongoing membership has coming back to a degree in football, as much as you can know nowadays with these rosters and, and everything that's going on with the portal and, and NIL and what have you. But you know, as you look at the expanded playoff coming down the road, it seems that the American is poised to be in a really good position. I think so. I really do. I, you know, I, you know, I won't be doing this forever, but down the road, <laughs> I hope that, you know, I, I hope that, um, you know, we, we leave it uh, to, some, you know, you know, successors in good shape. Uh, this conference has a place in the NCAA constellation of things. You know, it's not the Big Ten. It's not the SEC. We never pretended to be. But it is the equivalent of a P5 conference. Now, that P5 business, you saw my statement probably. It's, I hope that goes away. I hope we don't start, you know, continue. You know, I hope we don't continue to use P5, G5. That, that's created a divide I don't like. 
But the truth is we've been a power is going to be our new branding, by the way. And we have been a power conference without question. And that's what I want uh, to continue. Now, whether we get hit with realignment again down the road, who knows? Um, you know, we, every conference that loses teams tends to, tends to want to, you know, backfill. And we did that and we did it with conference USA teams. You hate realignment in many respects. Uh, it hurts you, it hurts others. But once you settle in, that's the reality. You try to build what you have. You know, uh, Mike Slive, you know, great Mike Slive, who's a good friend of mine, once said, you know, the best conference is the conference you're in. And you have to take that approach while you're in that conference. And that's what I think our schools have done. It's, you know, whether they were looking at greener pastures in the P5, that so-called P5, which is no longer quite the P5 it was, uh, is not the, the issue. The issue is what did they do in our conference? Did they support the conference? Yes. Did they succeed in the conference? Did they do everything they could to make the conference good? Uh, and if they do that, I have no complaints at all. Commissioner Mike Oresco is, is with us. What, when you speak with ADs, other coaches in this league, even presidents and chancellors, what are their concerns about NIL and the portal? Well, I think their concerns, their, you know, they share the concerns broadly with the membership, and that is, can we get control of NIL? Um, and NIL is complicated. You know, it's not simple. It's nuanced. And uh, you, you have to deal with these collectives and figure out what you're going to do there. You, what you really want to do somehow, some way, is to uh, make NIL truly NIL, the use of name, image, and likeness. And, and, and if you want to make some money off that, great. But not, it's not a recruiting and retention tool. We, we sort of knew it might be. Uh, I guess we knew it would be. And unfortunately, that's what's happened. Um, but there's different kinds of NIL, as you know. There's NIL where you have, you're in a video game, right? They're using your name, image, and likeness. NIL tends to encompass everything now, whether you have a, a job, whether you have a website, whether no matter what you do, whether you just, uh, you know, obviously uh, promote yourself. Uh, you could be an influencer, right? And, and that, that's technically NLI. Uh, and so consequently, there's all sorts of ways now, you know, student athletes can make money. And the question is, can you figure out a way to, you know, to know whether at least within certain broad parameters, these are legitimate deals. There's, there's a quid pro quo or there's a person who's famous enough to command a million dollar deal, not some obscure person that you've never heard of, obscure player, right? And then you know it's not really NIL, right? So they're just ways to attack it. And I think that's the biggest concern among our presidents, our ADs, is how do you attack it? And we don't oppose NIL per se, but we want it to be NIL. And right now, again, the, the joke is it's, it's, uh, the acronym really stands for now it's legal because, you know, all the stuff that may have been going on before right. is now going on in a, in a so-called above board fashion. Now, the other thing is uh, the portal my feeling about that, Patrick, and I'm probably in the minority, was that the, I, I, almost, I favor coming back with a year in residency. You transfer as many times as you want, but you have to have a year in residency. I think it will help everyone academically. I think it will help for stability in rosters. It will make some people think really hard whether they want to transfer. It won't create this ridiculous free agency. Uh, now, people will, will disagree with me, and that's fine. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But the point is, to me, the, the year in residency changed everything. It changed things even more than NIL. And the combination of NIL and the year in residency and all the stuff that's going on is, is uh, you know, a perfect storm. 
and we've got to deal with it. And uh, we're going to have to figure that out. And maybe you can't roll back the ocean and, and do something like that. But, you know, putting in the, um, you know, the time periods when you can transfer create, you know, lessen some of the confusion. Um, but that situation is probably going to remain, you know, remain very fluid. And we're trying to figure out what the best way to proceed there is with, with the portal. Uh, and by the way, that's what's created this this leveling uh, every year. You don't know what kind of roster you have. I think it's tough on, on coaches. I think it's tough on teams. You know, you, you don't know whether your teammates are going to be around. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people uh, are incentivized to, to go and they, can, and they can go right away. And it's, I guess in some ways, it's leveled talent because, you know, you get people all over the place, you know, who would not have necessarily transferred. Right. So, you know, and, and, the, and someone could get on and come counterpoint and make all the arguments why it's good not to have a year in residency and why kids should just be free to go. Uh, but when you have the kind of free agency with no guidelines virtually, it's kind of tough. Um, but I can understand the arguments on the other side, and maybe it'll ultimately be good for college sports. And this has been an unusual Final Four, and maybe that's what we're going to find in the future, an unusual tournament. Uh, as you know, 16s didn't used to beat ones, right. and 15s didn't beat twos that much. And now it's it's going to happen pretty routinely. You're going to see. I, I I read today no McDonald's All Americans on these teams. First time it's ever happened in the Final Four. You're going to see more and more of that as as uh, you know kids are are able to transfer and uh, and play right away and uh, and and bulk up rosters that before might not have had the kind of depth or didn't have the kind of players that could compete. With, with the you know the so-called blue bloods, so it's it's changed things a lot. The commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco, with us here. If uh, there's a change in leadership with the NCAA, if there were one thing that you could have the new leadership take on or change or modify, what would that be? Oh, for sure, it would be the whole autonomy P5 G5 business for me and for our conference. I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, I mean, obviously, a close second, maybe a tie, would be to get some kind of uh, antitrust protection from Congress, and and with it, maybe some kind of NIL protocol that everyone could live with. I know Charlie Baker's going to work hard in that area, and that's got to be his, his top priority. But uh, another one uh, clearly should be, and I've conveyed this to him in my conversations with him. And he's very open, and he's a great guy. I really enjoy him, and I think he's going to you know, win a lot of friends and, and uh, do a really great job as, as NCAA president. He listens, and, and I think he takes to heart what, what people are saying. He, he really does love college sports. Uh, you know, I've pointed out, look, this this P5-G5 divide is harmful and destructive. It's not good. Why would you want to make half of FBS, so 65 schools, uh, all their kids feel like second-class citizens? Why would you want to do that? You don't even need autonomy anymore. Those conferences can pretty much do what they want anyway. And if you've uh, already signed on and done everything they're doing, why don't you just become an autonomy conference? Why do you need you know, why you need to be in, in a separate category. That's the official part of it. I also want the media to get rid of P5 and G5. G5 is not going to be an official label in any way once this new, new TV deal is done with uh, uh, the CFP because, you know, there isn't, isn't going to be a group of five. Whether there's a pool of money for certain FPS conferences vis-a-vis others, that's not the issue. We're just not going to allow the group of five name to continue in any official capacity. And once that's gone, you know, there's no reason to use it. You know, it's all... 10 FBS conferences. Uh, how silly has this been over the years? When we win the national championship with UConn and Port, we're non-power. That's a non-power program, right? 
when we win the Fiesta Bowl, we win another Fiesta Bowl, we win, uh, you know, Peach Bowl a couple of times. Uh, you know, I, I, get, I don't know if we won the Fiesta Bowl twice. We, I meant Peach Bowl. We won right. the Peach Bowl twice. We won the Fiesta Bowl. You know, we played in the Fiesta a couple of times. You know, Tulane just beats USC. They're not a power team. You know, they're, they're a non-power team. Uh, Houston makes the final four. They're not power. They're, they're, they're non-power. It, it's, it's ridiculous. It's silly. And, and so let's, let's start, you know, moving away from that. If I can wean the media off it, they're going to continue to use it, at least for now. And it's not even the P5 anymore. You know, what made some of those pro- programs, conferences, P5 conferences were, were the marquee teams they had. And now those teams are gone and they're now in the, in the so-called P2. You know, they're in the SEC and the Big Ten. And so consequently, you've got a situation where, you know, you've degraded the P5. doesn't even mean what it did. Why don't we just get rid of it? And and we have 10 FBS conferences. Some are going to be elite. Some are going to be top FBS conferences. And so others aren't. And it's the American way. It's upward mobility. It's the ability to achieve. We've done that. All we've done is win. All we've done is achieve. But as you know, there's no path in. There's no path out. It's not a good situation. Why, why would you want a situation that's written in stone when, when it shouldn't be written in stone? So that that's what I think is is the biggest issue, you know, for us going forward because I think it's been harmful for college athletics. It's also kept us out of some key, you know, uh, meetings and other things that could have been productive, whether it was during the, the medical uh, COVID crisis right. or whether it's now with NIL. You know, we're not in some of those discussions when we should be. There's too much focus on the P5, P5, P5. It's ridiculous, and it also disenfranchises the Division One conferences, the FCS conferences, and others who play basketball only. Who don't, that don't have much of a say either in, in this kind of situations. And we as commissioners meet periodically, you know, the FPS commissioners talk on the phone, but we don't get into the kind of substance we would get into, uh, if we were part of those, those so-called private secret, you know, P5 meetings that still go on. So, you know, we'll, we'll be uh, adamant about that. I, I really do think it, it's resonated. I think, you know, uh, it's time and sometimes, you know, timing is everything. So let's, let's move on from that. And, uh, that's a big issue. And really quick. Just to revert back to basketball, the the tournament, uh, you continue to be pleased with it being held in Fort Worth. I mean, it's a great venue. Has that worked out about as well as you'd hoped it would? Oh, absolutely. It's exceeded our expectations. The one issue, we, we want to increase our attendance. We've had good attendance, and we especially had good attendance on the weekends. Um, but we need to do a little better uh, during the week and, and even on the weekends. Uh, but the venue is spectacular. Uh, Patrick, it's unbelievable. And, uh, one of the nicest arenas in the country. There's no question. It's also extremely well run. You know, Matt Holman and his group, uh, do, do a great job. Uh, we like Fort Worth. The weather's good. The town is good. There's plenty to do there. Great museums right nearby. Fans have plenty of options in terms of, of things to do. So no, we, we love it. And, uh, we, we've got a long-term deal. I, I'd even extend it. I think it's perfect for us. Also, think about it. I mean, it's perfect for our footprint because we've got four teams now in Texas. We'll have four teams in Texas. We've got Tulsa and Wichita right up the road. Their fans can drive down. Memphis fans can drive or a short flight. Tulane, it's, it's not far away. You know, we've got uh, UAB's not far away. Uh, and, you know, with the new schools and uh, others, uh, we, we we're just the proximity is fantastic. And so we should have. Uh, even better crowds than we've had, uh, especially now with North Texas in, with UTSA, with, with Rice, you know, with SMU. Again, we, SMU, there's still a question mark, but we hope that they're still around. And, and then we've, you've got Memphis is a great program. 
Uh, they Again, fans can get there easily. Some of the other schools are a little further away, but they can come in. It's easy to get to Dallas-Fort Worth. There's no airport that's better in terms of access. And it's just a great venue. So, no, it's worked out beyond uh, uh, expectations. And it was a perfect place for us. And we were debating between that and, and, uh, and Orlando. And we had some uh-huh. great tournaments in Orlando. And there's some terrific people there. And we, we had a good relationship. But you know and I know that we just would never have been able to draw the kind of crowds that potentially that we've had in Fort Worth and that potentially we're going to get in the future. Commissioner, thank you. Really appreciate the time and uh, hope we get a chance to talk to you sort of near the end of the fiscal or academic year, maybe. Well, yeah, thank you, uh, Patrick. You know, again, I know you're, you're in, uh, in Greenville and good luck to uh, the East Carolina baseball team. They're ranked number eight, eight in the nation. And, you know, Cliff Godwin's done a great job there. You know, we're, we're always keeping our fingers crossed that they're going to get to that, you know, that elusive uh, college world series where they, they've yeah. almost been a few times and, you know, the East Carolina women's basketball team, Patrick, won the tournament championship. Kim McNeil did a great job. They were they were picked to finish last, and look what they did. Um, you know, the East Carolina men's basketball team, Mike Schwartz did a great job. They did really well, and they had some big wins. Uh, and now you've got football back on track with, with Mike Houston and a great bowl win, a great season. So East Carolina athletics, uh, John Gilbert deserves a great deal of credit. You now Chancellor Philip Rogers and Mike, excuse uh, me, and John have really – um, you know, really uh, devoted time uh, and effort and resources to athletics, and East Carolina is getting back to where it was, you know, in the past. And you know, we know you have a great fan base, so this is all great. And let me also thank uh, you and the league and, and the members uh, for how they honored Jeff Charles too after uh, his untimely passing. Uh, through the, oh, uh, we all felt terrible. Yeah, yeah, Patrick, we all felt terrible about that. Just you know, he was a great one, one of the greats, and you know, we we were happy to be able to honor him, but very sad that obviously real real sad sad situation yeah absolutely sorry about that yeah thank you so much hey thank you for the time as well we'll we'll look forward to speaking with you again very soon uh thank you patrick take care now that's the commissioner of the american athletic conference mike oresco we appreciate commissioner oresco's time we've got uncw visiting ecu tonight that's going to be our game for you here on 94.3 the game we'll get you out to Scooter and Coach O as we wrap up the show after this. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. It's 19-5 ECU, 15-9 UNCW. They're playing on the diamond tonight from Clark LeClaire Stadium. We'll get you out to Scotty Rogers and Dr. Gary Overton coming up here in just a second. Thanks to Mike Oresco for being on with us today. Great job by Chris Cook, as always, in the studio producing. And we'll be back tomorrow with ECU Pro Day audio, some post-game audio from the Pirates game against the Seahawks, and a lot more. And we'll be joined by the legendary Ronald Vincent tomorrow. Big honor for RV coming up, so we'll talk to him about that. That's tomorrow. See you in the morning on Talk of the Town. And back here tomorrow at 5 o'clock for the Patrick Johnson Show. Enjoy the baseball game. Go Pirates!